0: Hey hey hey! It's your girl Leah and forney. Hope all is well. Listen, I don't know where y'all are located at, but let me tell you something. The DMV has been getting real hot lately. Um, <laughs> so much so that I didn't went shopping. I didn't brought me some sandals. I didn't got me some shorts. Like summertime is. Here. It's definitely about to be a hot girl summer, and I ain't talking about Megan The Stallion's version of hot girl summer, but shout out to her. Uh, but on this special episode of Hey, Queen Thrive, I really wanted to do a special Father's Day episode, and initially the plan was to have multiple fathers on the show. Um, And do like a panel discussion around um, Black fatherhood. But that did not work out due to schedules and and all that good stuff. But I am sitting down with a really dear friend of mine. I've known this man probably since we were teenagers. Like we grew up in um, Queens, New York. And we've just been great friends ever since. And so the reason why I wanted to have this conversation is because I really wanted to honor all the amazing Black fathers Um, all across the United States of America and even globally, um, because I do know some amazing, amazing black fathers. Now, I'll I'll tell y'all no lie. I'll be honest. If this podcast was happening years ago, I would have never done a Father's Day episode. And here's why. I grew up a fatherless daughter. So growing up fatherless and going through those feelings of abandonment and resentment and betrayal and all that stuff. Like I would have never, never done a Father's Day episode. Um, But because I have been healed, and I'm healing my father wounds. I really want to change the conversation. I wanted to change the narrative. I wanted to have a conversation about what it means to not only be a black man in America, but what does it mean to be a black father in this day and age? And so I am sitting down again with one of my dear friends, Mr. Michael Bostic. And we're just gonna have a whole conversation about fatherhood and what it means to be a black father. He is raising such an adorable, handsome little boy. Um, And so I really wanted to have a conversation about how we honor our, our black kings and our black fathers who are doing such an amazing, amazing job. And listen, I know so many of them, like so many of them. So definitely shout out to all the black fathers. Who are doing the work? Who are raising not only their children, somebody else's child? Because I know a few of them that's doing that too, and even they're being actively a part of their grandchildren's lives. Like shout out to y'all! So definitely tune in for this episode. It's going to be an amazing conversation about fatherhood and black fatherhood. And I pray that for all my fatherless daughters out there who are listening on Father's Day to this episode, that it it helps you to heal. One of the things that I learned in my own healing journey is that healed people hear differently, see differently, and do differently. And so because of my own journey with healing my father wounds, I am able to see my father in a completely different light, even though he has passed away. And so tune in. I think this is a conversation that's going to help many, many, many uh, fatherless daughters, such as myself, see fathers from a different perspective. And so stay tuned. What's up? We're back with another episode of Hey Queen Thrive. Listen, I am doing a special Father's Day episode. Um, I really wanted to do this episode because one, I am a fatherless daughter, but two, I wanted to change the narrative. I'm tired of hearing the narrative that Black men don't raise their kids when I know some absolutely amazing fathers who are doing the damn thing when it comes to being in their children's life. And so I get to sit down with actually a really dear friend of mine. I've known him gee, since I was a teenager, Mr. Michael Bosket, aka yeah. Mikey, I call him Mikey. So what's up with you, sir? How are you doing? What's
1: going on? Everything is good. Being blessed
0: here. Yeah.
1: Thank you for having me on.
0: I'm excited to have this conversation with you, Mikey, because we go back some years. Thanks. Thanks. <laughs> we go back some years and I've gotten to see that transition. From a young man to, to who you are today, so I'm excited. So before we dive into the conversation, tell tell my listeners
1: a little bit about yourself. Um, uh, as she told you, I'm Michael Bostick, um, from Queens, New York. I am a singer, radio host, podcast host, writer, songwriter. Oh man, engineer, uh, so much stuff. A father. A boyfriend, uh, a divorcee, uh, a whole bunch of stuff. (laughs) You could add a whole bunch of stuff to me, but
0: he's got a long list.
1: Yeah, a man of many things. Absolutely.
0: I I love it. So I I have to give the backstory because how we met is I went to school with your brother. Right. And I remember, I think I saw you at church one time and you were singing Uh in a choir.
1: Absolutely.
0: Is this good looking? Man, thinking like that, not knowing that that you and your brother like, not knowing that William was your brother at the time, yeah. And that's how we met. And I was like, and we've just been like cool friends ever since. That
1: was years ago,
0: though.
1: Years and years ago, (laughs) and probably in the either late 90s or the very early 2000s.
0: Yes,
1: like,
0: wow. That's crazy. So I want to dive into this conversation about what it means to, one, be a Black man in America, but then also what it means to be a Black father in America. I really believe that Black men don't get the credit they deserve when it comes to fatherhood, right? Absolutely. Like we see the narrative always, oh, he's a Debbie father. And I'm like, nah, because I know some dope fathers. Like I know some fathers that are taking care of business. So my first question to you is, tell us a little bit about your relationship with your dad growing up and how that impacted you as the father you are today.
1: Um, You know, pops pops has always been in my life. I I grew up in a household with my mom and my dad. Um, I was fortunate to have that. Um, But my dad was, and still is to this day, one of my best friends. Um, We've always been close, super duper close. Um he taught me what it what it is to be a man and how to deal with um things as they come along. When you make a mistake, you know, that's part of life. You gotta learn this. And he taught me patience and he taught me understanding and love and and things like that. And it was it's, it's so dope to have had that from because I credit him with so much of who I am now. Yeah. Um, even so much to the to the point now where I even speak like him, or I I have mannerisms like him because it's just that's how close we were. Mm-hmm. Um, and I hate that he lives in Georgia now. I wish he was closer, mm-hmm. but um, you know, yeah, that's my that's my guy, and I, I I I don't know where I would be without him guiding me the way that he has and still does. You know, mm-hmm. so yeah, such a it was he's a blessing to, to that. everybody that he's coming to contact with, you know. I love that.
0: I love that. I think that sh- having a strong example of fatherhood, not just for a man, but for a young girl, is so critical. I tell a lot of my girlfriends who have little boys and little girls, like those formative years, that bond is so critical because Absolutely. it really teaches a child what the world is going to look like based on the relationship they have with their parents. So, I love that dad's your BFF, even though Bad. men don't say BFF, but. <laughs> so how has that relationship shaped you as the father you are today? Cause you have an adorable little twin.
1: I know, <laughs> that's my man, Mikey. Um, no, he, I just really emulate a lot of the things that he did with me because Mikey is so much like me, especially as like when he grow, like when he was a baby, I saw things that, like, like my parents would say, "Oh, he did this like you. He does this like you." And now that he's older, it's like certain things that I remember as a child that I love that he loves now. So it was like my dad just emulating that and emulating what he did and taking some of the things that he he I didn't necessarily like and and adding my own things into it. It's been it's been it's an experience, it's an experience, yeah. but he's, he's helped shape that, he's given me the blueprint on how to be the best dad you can be, no matter what you have. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? yeah.
0: I love that you said
1: that you, you
0: took what you didn't like, and mm-hmm. learned from that, and then did it your own way, because as a mental health professional, one of the things I hear all the time with my clients, is that they just followed in their parents' footsteps, right. and nobody taught them or they believed that they had to literally parent the way they were parented. Right. And so I love that you're like, yeah, I know what worked and what didn't work. And the stuff that didn't work, I just decided to do it my way. Right.
1: There was there was things that my dad did, you know, that I I don't do. Like and and that and that's cool. Like it just I know for me, the things, those things didn't necessarily work for me. So I know they probably won't work for Mikey. So I, I you know, I just skip over them. You know, I yeah. sl- those don't work. I'll try something else. Yeah. You know, that that's, it's, being a father is pretty much trial and error. I don't care how many kids you have. You can have one, you can have 50. It's trial and error. You're, you're figuring it out as you go along. Every child is different. Every personality is different. So it's like, you never know. One day, Mikey likes Pac-Man. Two days later, he likes Godzilla. So now yeah. I gotta figure out yeah. all the pac-man stuff that i had i gotta figure out what i want to do with that because you don't play with that no more that's in a corner now he likes godzilla stuff so now we got to go get godzilla toys and yeah. dinosaurs and all of this stuff like so it, it's it's learning as you go
0: yeah i love it so take me back when you yeah. first found out you're about to be a father what was that like initial reaction what were you feeling what were you thinking
1: so story time. Um uh, my ex-wife um at the time we were, she had she had said something to me maybe like two days before, she was like, I think I'm pregnant. And I'm like, get out of here. Because we had crazy scares and all that. For all of these years we were together. We were together 10 years at that point. I had scares and ups and downs and everything. She was like, no, my body feels weird. Like I've never felt like this before. Like I think I'm pregnant i was like, man, get out of here. So then one random middle of the night, one o'clock, two o'clock, something like that in the morning, she goes, she wakes me up. She goes, you're going to be a father. And she shows me the fucking, um, the freaking uh, uh, pregnancy test. And I'm just like, oh my God. And then I kind of just like laid back and went to sleep because I was like nowhere near ready to be a dad. Yeah. And so, um, so, so, um, we um just kind of talked about it in the morning and it didn't hit me. It didn't hit me um, until we actually just went to the doctor and found out. Mm. Like I was like, oh okay, this is real. <laughs> yeah.
0: Did you ever have like any fears finding out that you're gonna be a father?
1: No, not really. I, I think I was I think I was prepared enough at the time, at least I thought I was. Mm-hmm. fatherhood, so I, I wasn't I was excited after once I got into the mode okay this is happening this is what's going to happen you know I was excited you know but yeah. I, I was living in Georgia at the time I didn't really have my family around mm-hmm. so that was scary because I was like well we're gonna need help and it was just like what are we gonna do you know we both work full time and and it was just it was figuring those aspects of it out but Actually, going through the pregnancy, I didn't, I had no fears about that.
0: I love that. I love that because some, I have talked to plenty of fathers and some are like, yeah, I was scared shitless. Like, I was like, wait, what? I'm about to be a father. What does that look like? You know, can I even do this? So I love that you were confident in your skills to be like, yeah, "Yeah, I could navigate fatherhood.
1: I actually get more scared now being a father than I did in the beginning. Really? Why? Yeah, it's actually, uh, Dealing with a seven year old, it's now you're at those tricky ages where it's like you got to teach him stuff like crossing the street mm-hmm. or saying, like, not talking to strangers. Mm-hmm. Things like, because yeah. Mikey, Mikey will talk to anybody. Yeah. Anybody who walks by, he'll say, hi, hi, mm-hmm. hey, how are you doing? Like, so you get into that, like, don't talk to strangers. Even things of like, like covering your mouth or um using a napkin to wipe your face. Like it's these things now that we're teaching him mm-hmm. um that now he can take out into the world mm-hmm. and, and and like display those in the world. So it's 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 scary now. It's scary yeah. now. Cause yeah. how much is he listening to, how much does he take in, how much does he retain? Like you worry about these things. You yeah. know
0: Yeah. Do you ever worry about because you see all that's happening in America, especially with black men? Do you ever have worry about having to have that talk? Absolutely. And and what does that feel like for you?
1: Absolutely. Since Mikey's been born, I think in this time frame from 14 till now, there have been a crazy amount of black men just getting killed by police. Yeah. Um. Racism's at an all new high, and he watches like if I'm watching something, he'll sit down and watch it. Mm.
0: If I'm watching
1: the news, he watches. He'll watch it. Yeah, you know, he'll ask, "What's going on? What what are they doing? Why are they doing that?" And then you know, you explain to him what's going on, and and he has this look of like, "I don't understand what you're talking about," and it sounds scary, but it's like you kind of got to teach them that now. Even even he, you know, it's crazy now that you bring that up. It's funny. He said to me one time that he was, he was like, I'm afraid of the police. This is before we even mm. had a conversation. And he said, I'm afraid of the police because I think they're gonna shoot me. Wow. And so I had to really explain to him like, "Yo, the police are not here to do that to you. Yeah. You shouldn't be afraid of them. And it's just, it's so hard because of what he sees on TV and things like that. And it's so hard to shelter kids when these things nowadays, you know? It is.
0: And I honestly, I think for me, that's one of the reasons why I'm like, oh, I'm kind of glad I don't have children yet, because I don't even know how I would be able to navigate that conversation
1: with my child. It's very difficult. It's very hard. You know, you wake up every day and like even like when he goes out to play with guns, I get so worried. Mm -hmm. Like I make sure that the gun doesn't look real, like at all. Like you can't go. He'll bring a gun. I'm like, no, you can't go outside with that gun. Yeah. Like, get another gun get something that's huge and it looks crazy you know what i'm saying like don't like it's just those fears We have those fears like even at seven years old like i'm afraid that something is going to happen to him because of the color of his skin it's yeah. it's, it's upsetting that we live in the world like that
0: it is it really is because i, I think about it, like my own nieces and nephew i'm an auntie of 12 and it's like yeah. i'm raised like i'm literally a part of raising 12 black boys and girls and i just think about how they're gonna have to be dealing with all that we're dealing with and it's crazy because when we were growing up like i don't even think we really really realized racism like we do
1: today absolutely not we i think we all at our age we experienced it but it never affected us but i think social media puts everything on such a bigger platform that we're able to see yeah. things and then we go back and be like damn i remember when this person did that or I remember. Mm-hmm. And, and you look it's it's so uh, how how much we were sheltered as kids yeah. as opposed to how much these kids at, at even seven year old like they know yeah you know they know
0: yeah it's almost like their innocence is is kind of gone in a way because yeah. they find out so much more like
1: Children know so much more today that I don't even think I knew as seven years <laughs> old. So, Correct. They get they by even younger. Like I tell people all the time. Like I I didn't know what sex was until I was fifteen. Like, and like really knew what it was enough to be out here, you know, saying trying to poon chain with everybody. But like these kids know it at nine and ten. Yeah. Like, they like. yeah. It's yeah. the music, it's the games, it's everything. It's so crazy, like what these yeah. kids know at this age, at those ages.
0: Yeah, it's true, it's true. So I gotta ask, cause black fathers always get this bad rap. Why do you think that is? Why do you think we hear more of what they don't do versus what they are doing?
1: I think a lot of it has to do with what's put out there in the forefront. Mm-hmm. I think controversy, it sells so well, so people don't, people overlook the good. It's not that it's not there, that it's not interesting to people. Mm. So nobody wants to see black fathers doing things in that manner because that's boring to people. They wanna see the the black man and the black woman fighting. They wanna see them in poverty. They wanna see a man with no children. They wanna see the deadbeats. Like those are the things, like we tune into Maury because of that stuff, we tune in to Jerry Springer because of that. Like, it, if they were talking about, uh, if there was a show that was uplifting dads and having dads coming, nobody would watch it. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? But it's there. Those those avenues are there. Like, they, yeah. we're celebrated. It's just not. We're not celebrated loudly. Anymore.
0: Yeah, I agree. I think I think that we live in a culture that you know, reality sells. You know, people want to see drama. People I tell people all the time I don't have drama in my life, I watch it on TV. Yeah. Like yeah. You know what I mean, but that's the the culture we live in is that everybody is thriving on drama, thriving on who's breaking up with who, who's sleeping with who, who and it's like there's Absolutely. more to life than just that. So I, I agree with you on that. So how important would you say a black father is in the life of their children?
1: Uh, a black father is absolutely important uh there's so much in this world that as as a man we have to teach our children but as a black man even more you yeah. know what I'm saying like it's like our kids need to know culture and 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 what what we should be doing and 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 how to be careful how to navigate these streets the proper way
0: yeah you
1: know what I'm saying and and, and it's like our job is like two or threefold. You know what I'm saying? It's 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 very difficult to out here for us.
0: Yeah, I I, I have to, I wholeheartedly agree with you. Um, I know from my own experience not having my father. Like I think that if I would have had him, and not the streets had him, like I definitely would have avoided a whole lot of pitfalls yeah. in my life, especially when it comes to like relationships and navigating those streets and how to interact with men and all that stuff, I definitely think I would have not picked the type of men that I did pick, um, right. because daddy was around. So I wholeheartedly agree. So if you had a message for your son, Mikey, about what it means to be a man, what what would you tell him?
1: Oh owning up to everything that you do, I think is so important. and I and I, and I tell him that now. Because even when he asks me about, like, when I went to prison and things like that, like, I tell him, like, Mm -hmm. when you make mistakes, when you do things, you have to take those. Like, you have to, like, be responsible for the things that you do. And I think that's so important because we can't be out here, especially as Black men, making excuses or trying to put the blame on everybody else. Mm -hmm. When a lot of times we put ourselves in positions that get us in the trouble that we get into. Yeah. So, you know, I, I think that's something that my dad always taught me. And so I really try to impart that in him as well. It's just, you know, whenever you do something, know that there's, you know, a good thing that's going to happen and there's a bad thing that's going to happen. Everything is cause and effect. Yeah. There's consequences to every action. And so I that's what I would tell him about being a man is like, you're going to make mistakes. You just gotta be ready for the consequences of those mistakes.
0: I love that. I love that. Cause I think that a lot of people beat themselves up when they make mistakes. And yeah. they don't realize that it it comes with life, it comes with growing up, you know, it comes mm-hmm. with your development. It's what you learn for them that right. makes all the difference. Cause we always all of us make mistakes. I make mistakes Absolutely. all day, every day. But mm-hmm. it's how you learn and how you grow. So I got to ask you this question before I let you go. What would you say is your greatest accomplishment as a man to date?
1: My greatest accomplishment as a man is is my son, is my child, 110%. There's nothing that I have in this world that is tangible except for him. That is my treasure. That is my prize. That is, you know, that's my world. I love that. I
0: absolutely love that. I love that. So what you got coming up next? Because I know you always working on Oh, something. boy.
1: <laughs>
0: I know you're so, always doing something.
1: I know. So right now I'm working on my EP, A Love Story, Chapter 2. So that should be out small.
0: Nice.
1: Uh, my single, Bad, is out on all streaming platforms. So everybody who's listening, go and check that out. Um, I also have a series called The Grammar Jerk Series where I'm teaching adults grammar proper grammar anywhere from first to sixth grade because it seems like people don't get it so it's a little fun little clip thing that i do on um instagram and tiktok so you can follow that on uh the grammar jerk at the grammar jerk that's a little fun thing that i'm working on now
0: absolutely love that because you know people child that's a whole other conversation we can have
1: about people and their grammar
0: Like, sometimes people post stuff, and I'm
1: like, did you read that? Right. You didn't pay no attention to what you were putting up there. I don't understand anything you're talking about.
0: Right. And the sad part is they say it, they write it like it's so, in so much courage and boldness. Like,
1: you be like. Like, you just said something so profound and intelligent, and it sounds stupid.
0: Right. And you'd be like, wait, what? What'd you? Okay, I'm confused. So I know if I'm confused, then the rest of the world is confused.
1: Facts. I love so it's it. a little fun thing I do, you know.
0: I'm definitely gonna have to check it out. So, how can people connect with you? Because I know that there's gonna be plenty of people that listen to this episode that's going to want to get to know Mr. Michael Bostick
1: Right. So, everybody, you can find me at underscore Hill Classic everywhere. That's H E E L Classic everywhere. All stream, all platforms. You can find me there. My music is on all streaming platforms. Just type in Michael Bostick Apple, Spotify, title, all of that. You can find all of my music, new and old. Um, and uh, the grammar jerk is on. Also, you can follow that on TikTok and IG.
0: I love it. I love, well, let me just say, as as one of your good friends, I'm so proud of you. I, I am So proud of you and all that you've done with your life and how you transitioned into this amazing man and amazing father. So definitely keep doing what you're doing because you are changing the life of that little boy. And I love seeing all the pictures and him smiling (laughs) like that is your twin. So I definitely appreciate you for coming through the Hey, Queen Thrive and having this conversation.
1: Thank you. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. It was fun.
0: Absolutely.
1: Listen, shout out to my boy,
0: Michael Bostick once again, for coming through the Hey, Queen Thrive and having this amazing, heartfelt conversation about being a black father and manhood and, and just helping to change the narrative around how black men are viewed, um, because I think black men get a bad rap all the time when it comes to Being a father, and I know personally not just him, but so many other amazing Black fathers who are just doing the damn thing. So thank you, thank you, thank you again, my king, for coming through and just doing what you did. So (laughs) it can never be a Hate Queen Thrive episode without my Thriver nuggets and so because we're focusing on fatherhood and father's day i wanted to highlight just a few ways that you can begin to build a better relationship with your father and i think this is critical and i think this is key especially for um daughters and sons i know for me i wish that i had the opportunity to read through some things um in my relationship with my dad unfortunately he has gone on to glory And so I can't. Right. Um, But for those of you whose father is still alive, you have an opportunity to do and change the narrative. So the first way that you can build a better relationship with your father is to one, recognize that he is human. Right. When you're looking to build a better relationship with your father, the first thing you have to remember is that he is human and he made mistakes. He's also going to make more mistakes. It's important to forgive him for the memories from your childhood that still haunt you. No matter how severe or mild those memories may be, our fathers play a huge role in our lives and it is important as an adult to make peace with the little girl or little boy that may not have had a perfect dad. I think that alone is huge and it speaks volumes. That's one of the things that in my own healing journey um, I have learned to do is recognize my father for the human um the human and f- human frailties and the broken and the little boy that really was just trying to do this thing called life as a grown man without the tools and without the guidance um backstory my father was a fatherless son because his father was murdered, right? But even though he had a stepfather and he had his grandfather, it still didn't take the place of his own dad not being in his life. And so, it's almost like the generational curse or the or the pattern continued when it came to him raising his girls. He just wasn't physically present, but then he also wasn't emotionally present. So, in my own healing process, I learned to to see my father as a human being. I always say healing healed people or healing people see differently, do differently, hear differently, right? And so I learned how to see my father, you know, as just another man trying to figure out this thing called life. Number two, Connect in the present. So maybe your father wasn't present for your childhood, either physically or emotionally or both, but he is here now. Try communicating with him in small ways. Let go of past ideas of how he should have been and how things and the things he should have said that you held on to. Those memories are only hurting you. You are in the present, and that means those memories are in the past. Try starting from here with him. I really think that's key. I think that's key when you really want to build in that relationship and you really want to make that relationship solid is let go of what's been. <laughs> it a wipe, you know, wipe wipe the slate clean and start from where you are present day with your father and then build from there. Right. So no longer holding him a hostage or accountable for what's been right, but now saying, okay, dad, as an adult, this is what I need from you. And I'm only going to hold you accountable or hold you to this going forward. So I think that's key. Communicate. This may mean finding ways to communicate with him in order to get him to open up. So watch the game with him, go golfing, do something with him that he likes as a getaway for him to open up and start chatting. Men bond through activity where men, where women bond through communication. If your father sees you actively trying to hang out with him, a light will go off and he'll start chatting. It might take some time, but at least you're opening up the path to communication to talk about real things that matter in the future. I think that right there is so good because when my father and I used to connect, um, (laughs) it really was over activity. My father loved to cook, right? His desire was to be a chef. And so one of the things that he used to do was um, cook, And I would just hang out with him in the kitchen or we would go out to eat or, you know, just sit outside on my grandmother's deck and just talk. Right. Like that was our way of communicating because I needed to connect with him emotionally. But he can only do so when he was doing something. So whatever he was doing, I found the way to make it a part of me and do it with him. So that way we were doing it together. Number four. Ask for his help. There's nothing a man loves more than a, than asking for their help in something. Mundane things like asking him to take out the garbage isn't what I'm talking about. When you ask him advice on something, it's like their little antennas perk up and their radar goes on. Your father wants to help you and in essence, take care of you. So give him a chance to do that. It'll bring you both a little closer to having a stronger relationship. I think in general, men love to be needed. (laughs) They love to be needed. And I think even more so as a father, you want to be needed. So I think there's nothing wrong with asking daddy to help. Even if it seems very like little and minute, like give him that opportunity to help to come to your rescue, even when you're probably like I really don't need your help, but like let him do it anyway. Okay. Number five, ask about his life. Men don't normally open up about their lives. If you ask him about college or what it was like as a teenager, it gives him a chance to talk about himself. Chances are he does not get a lot of chances to do this. Not all dads are alike. So maybe he's the opposite. He might have a better luck asking your talkative dad, you might have a better luck asking your talkative dad to talk about something else he's a passionate about, like you, if you're brave enough. And I think that's true. I think that a lot of times we miss it because we think that oh, my father just doesn't want to communicate. I know for me, I used to think my father just didn't want to talk because he was just so emotionally unavailable. But the reality was my father didn't mind talking as long as you kind of guide the conversation, right? So sometimes it was just asking him certain questions, asking him about his life, asking him about the decisions that he made that led him down the path that he was on um, that really got the conversation started. I learned a lot in my conversations with my father, even though there weren't many, um, but I learned a lot about his own brokenness, his own struggles, um, and ultimately how they played a role in how he chose to to father me as a daughter. So, I'm I like that. Ask him about his life. Number six. <laughs> start a hobby together. So starting a hobby together is a great way to create even ground for the both of you. Since you're both doing the same, chances are he'll try and tell you how to do it. But if you're standing your ground, showing that you're willing and able, but ask a few questions, he'll see that you're a capable young woman or man that still needs his help once in a while. Again, I think men just <laughs> men want to be needed. They really do. They want to be needed. And so, you know, start something together, create a tradition together, create a memory together, right? Like, don't let what has happened in the past be so uh, catastrophic that you don't give your father a chance. Because like I said, I, looking back, I really wish, my dad's been gone two years, and I do wish that I would have stopped being so stubborn. Um, stop being so caught up in my feelings that I never made it right with my father. And now that he has passed, you know, that's a, that's a wound that won't never close because we don't get a chance to reconcile because he's gone. So for those who have that opportunity, make it right. Number seven, visit more often. We all have crazy busy schedules, but you only have one dad. Go and visit him more often. It doesn't have to be an unreasonable number of times, just something that is a little more than what you're doing now. If he lives far away, start Skyping or Zooming with him. He'll love that you're wanting to spend more time with him, and it get, it gives him a great chance to see that you're really an adult now and not just his little girl. I, if I could take anything back from my relationship with my father, is that I didn't get to spend more time with him and the few times that we did spend together for me it was everything it was absolutely everything um even in the simplest ways like going to the chinese restaurant together or just sitting outside and laughing and talking like there are some things that i wish i could do different that i can't do now because again he's transitioned but if you again if you have your father in your life these are some key ways that you really can start to build a relationship, a better relationship with him before it's too late. Cause you don't want to end up like me. And not to say that I have regrets, but I have moments where I need my dad and he's not here. And so for those of you who are listening to this, this is a great way to start to build a better relationship cause he's not perfect. You know, he's not perfect. And yes, parents do things that hurt their children right? But that's because they're still trying to figure out this thing called life as well. So just just something to think about, okay? Number eight, forgive and forget, okay? If your dad wronged you in the past, he never did get you that, say he never get, did get you that pony that you asked for when you were six. Now that you're an adult, you can let that go. It is an incredibly freeing to forgive and forget, and it can do wonders, For the relationship. Okay. Number nine, text him. You're constantly texting your friends, your sister, maybe your mom. So why not text your dad? It's an excellent way to stay in touch, even though it's not a substitute for an actual conversation once in a while, a quick text here or there just lets your dad know that you're thinking of him, which is a really nice gesture. Okay. And then the last a way that you can build a better relationship with your father is number 10, consider his point of view. Although we may not always see eye to eye with our dad, we mustn't forget to consider his point of view. He is not only knowledgeable with a lot of life experiences, but he he likes seeing things differently than you. Try not to discount his opinions or guidance. You could be missing out on some great advice and a moment to bond. Uh, And I I think those are all key ways that you really can build a better relationship with your father. Uh, Again, as I was reading them, I thought about my own dad and, you know, for this father's day, I'm choosing to honor him because he's no longer here, but I, I sincerely hope that as you, that, as you've been listening to this episode and hearing this candid conversation with an amazing Black father, that you really think about your own father and how you can have a better relationship. And if your father has you know, gone on to glory like mine, how do you begin to honor who he was in your life so that you can begin to be a better person for not just yourself, but for your kids, before your family, and for everybody else that's connected to you. And so- this concludes another episode of Hey, Queen Thrive. Again, shout out to you, Mr. Michael Bostic. I so appreciate you once again for just coming through and having this candid conversation about Black fatherhood. Uh, ladies, make sure y'all are connecting with him. Gentlemen, make sure y'all are connecting with him as well. Uh, tune in again next week. I'll be back with another amazing, uh, another amazing expert, another amazing topic. Until next time, stay safe and peace and blessings.